Counseling World, the podcast dedicated to student counsellors and their road to getting qualified and beyond. Today we're going to have a talk about what happens if you realise you can't work with your client anymore. Hello, I'm back. And not quite as long as usual. I think that's got to be good going, isn't it? It is lovely to be here recording and connecting with you all. Um, thank you so much for everybody um, who have been patient with me and for all of the people that, you know, tell me that they listen to the podcast, they find it useful. Thank you so much. It really spurs me on and gives me that little lift. So thank you for that. So today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what on earth do you do if you realise that you can't work with your client anymore? Like, ouch, that's a big thing, isn't it? And a really big moment when we realise that. And I think it's really important to understand lots of elements to that, including what that means for you, what that means for your client, what it means in terms of your supervision. Um, and it's about looking at that bigger picture. What is really going on here? What's going on for me? What's going on for the other person? So we need to have a think. And I wanted to just put some points out there, really, for you to all have a think about. Now, none of this podcast is a substitution for your own supervision. You absolutely need to be working with a supervisor, especially for things like this, when you've got a situation occurring where you are going to need to tell a client that you can't work with them anymore. There's many ethical and moral implications in that. So I think it's very, very important to make sure that you're working with somebody that you can really trust in that sense. Um, And I think that is important on every level, really. A good supervisor will sort of stand you in good stead for so many of these sort of big situations And your supervisor should always be available to you. And I don't mean continuously available to you, but outside of the the supervision sessions, you should be able to contact your supervisor and ask for some help fairly quickly if you need it for something urgent and big. I don't mean like some little thing. It needs to be something that's big enough for you to need to reach out. Where do we begin? I guess the first thing to think about is when. When in your counselling relationship with a client is this occurring? If it happens in that very first time you meet them, like the first initial session, or perhaps if you're on placement, it might be during that very first session that you sit down with them and you realise for some reason you can't work with them. And I'll go on to talk about that in a bit more depth in a moment. But if for some reason you realise that either perhaps you're not the counsellor for them or maybe there's something else about the client that stops you being able to work with them. Clearly, the situation is very different at the very beginning of your counselling relationship, as opposed to if something comes up, maybe week four, week five or beyond. So have a real think about when in your counselling relationship this, this situation is occurring. So thinking about 
the reasons, it's probably the best place to start really, is why on earth would we suddenly realise we can't work with our client? Well, I think there can be a number of different things here. And I'm not going to be able to cover every eventuality today. But certainly thinking about some of the most sort of common ones would be maybe, just maybe, you realise that when you meet your client for the first time, maybe you know somebody that they know. Maybe it's somebody in your personal life that you know and you have a connection with. Or maybe you realise that you know the client in some capacity and there's a real potential conflict of boundaries there for the the two of you. Maybe, as another option, perhaps they're good friends with another of your clients. So maybe they know a client. And this sometimes happens in private practice where we get really kind clients recommending us to other people in their lives, perhaps to their mother or their father or a friend or a family member of some sort. They say, this person's great, you must go and see them. And is what they don't realise is that so often we as counsellors can't work with somebody else if we if they are known to another client and connected to another client in a deep way it really isn't the right thing to do to work with them because of the potential issues that can be arising from this. So that's another sort of reason to think about. If you know the client or the client is friends or connected to another of your clients, um, or if you know somebody that the client knows, it's those types of things that often occur. Another thing that I think happens, especially with people at the beginning of their counselling career, is they realise all of a sudden that they're working with somebody that they don't feel they have the appropriate training for. Um, I've had this before with supervisees who have ended up with a client who has perhaps got an eating disorder or something like that. And the counsellor feels a completely disempowered in many respects they feel undertrained to work with these types of issues can't have a piece of training for every issue that a client might bring us but there are certainly things perhaps like trauma perhaps like eating disorders that are a little bit more in depth and we perhaps need some additional um, cpd on that or some little extra training courses of some sort Um, So it's really important to think about your competencies and our limitations. We are not all things to all people and we can't be, unfortunately. So sometimes we just don't have the competencies needed to work with clients who are coming with something that's extremely complex and perhaps beyond our competency level in terms of training. So be kind to yourself in that one. You don't need to think, well, I haven't had training in, in every single subject that's okay. But for these very sort of tentative things like trauma, like eating disorders, we need to think carefully about whether we have the skills needed to work with our client, but also to hold them and keep them safe. I think that's really important. Sometimes clients trigger off something for us as counsellors. Perhaps they're talking about something which is very traumatic, which triggers our own trauma about something that's happened that's similar. Um, I can relate to this from having had um, a minor car accident a few years ago. And and I found for a little while that if people were coming in talking about similar accidents that happened in their life, that that was bringing up things for me and triggering some of those 
more traumatic based memories that I was experiencing because I had a few flashbacks and things relating to it. And I was really aware of it and had to work super hard in supervision about this. And actually, I managed to continue working with the clients um, because it was happening so fleetingly. I was able to piece it together and say, this is my stuff here. And I was able to hold it through some really good supervision. But had this been something that was really triggering me for me, there might have been scope there for me to say, I don't think I am the counsellor to work with you. So there's something there we do have to sort of be very careful with, thinking about our own past experiences. Sometimes we get a client that just isn't ready for therapy. They come in, they see counselling as being, you know, a chat and they maybe talk to you in the same way as they might talk to the chap over the fence or they might talk to the man in the pub. And actually the reality is, is that counselling isn't just talking, as you know. There's so much therapy that's happening. There's deep work happening. And sometimes we get clients that just are not ready for it and there's no therapeutic process that's happening. So one thing that I always say to all of my supervisees is about asking yourself, where is the therapy? Where is the therapy in this? Because that is crucial. So long as we know that the work we're doing is therapeutic, we need to always be checking in on that. But if we have a client that we ask, you know, how are you finding these sessions? What What's happening for you? And if it ends up being that they're, they're coming for a chat and for befriending and those types of services then we need to perhaps think about making a referral for them too. The last thing I wanted to touch on, and and as I said before, this list could go on for a very long time. There's so many reasons why we sometimes can't work with clients. And of course, a lot of these are very individual to us and individual to our clients. But the other thing that comes up um, sometimes is if the counsellor themselves have some form of psychological or physical health condition that is causing them problems and meaning that they cannot connect within their work is what that would mean would be meaning saying not just to one client, but to all of your clients that you need to step back and take a break. Um, And that, of course, needs to be handled very carefully. But all of these different scenarios we would look at in different ways, depending on what the situation was. So what do we do? Do we tell our clients straight away that we don't think we can work with them? Do we panic do we worry about it do we feel guilty for it there are so many different things that come up about this the first thing that comes to my mind and again there's no one size fits all here everybody's so different but for me breaking off that therapy and ending the therapy and perhaps referring the client elsewhere is very different in doing that in an initial meeting or in that very first proper session that you have with them as opposed to doing that later in the therapy. So as a supervisor, when somebody needs to finish their work, it tends to be that we look at, okay, so how many sessions have you had with your client? If it's the very first session and the client comes in and it's clear that they know somebody that you know, for example, then we would probably be prudent to be able to say there and then, look, I'm really sorry, but I recognise somebody that you're talking about. And therefore, I'm not able to continue working with you because it's really important that you have a space where you can come and share everything with me without feeling censored in any way. You deserve that. And 
we then perhaps can make a referral by helping to to give them details of other therapists in the area, perhaps thinking about a colleague that we can refer them to and making it very clear that this isn't about the client. This is about a situation that is occurring here. It's not about the client. It's not about you thinking, I just don't want to work with them. It's about making it really clear what the reason is. But again, without breaking confidentiality, the difficult thing is, is if you realise that you know a client that, you know, that they're talking about, if it's another of your clients, of course, that could be really difficult because you can't say, well, I, I'm working with Sharon um, and therefore I'm not able to work with you. You would have to word it in a very careful way. And if you think that you're not sure on how best to word it and work through it, then I would suggest perhaps working through the session the best that you can in terms of the initial meeting and then perhaps talking to your supervisor about the best way to handle this moving forward. But in an ideal world, if you realise something quite sort of factual like that, that they know somebody, something that's sort of quite clear cut, then if you can tell them there and then in that first session, that's always really, really helpful Um, because then you're managing expectation from, from the beginning, but you're making it really clear like I can't emphasise this enough, making it really clear that it's about you and the relationship and not about the client in any way. And and most certainly offering to give them some details of people that you could, you know, refer them to in terms of passing on some no- names and numbers of other therapists. So that scenario is kind of quite clear cut. If you feel that, that they know a client of yours, um, then you need to tread more carefully but again you could say something very similar along the lines of I realize that I know somebody that you know or I have a boundary issue here which is stopping me from being able to continue with this this isn't about you it's about a process it's about a boundary Um, that's really important Um, but it's about how do we handle this without breaking confidentiality so we say as little as we can as little as humanly possible, but we also are mindful of the client's feelings and then not wanting to become feel, feeling abandoned or feeling rejected by us in any way. Because actually, what we don't want to do is put them off seeking more therapy in the future. So that's something which we need to be really cautious about. And if you are in any doubt as to how to word it and you're concerned about confidentiality, then please do seek some supervision support before you try and broach it with your client. Sometimes it's, it's, it's easier to have to step back for a minute, have a think about it before we have to, you know, broach it with us with the client. So that's sort of a scenario which, which on the face of it feels not too bad. It's happening right at the beginning. It's not something that's happening once you've built a therapeutic relationship together And although some clients might be upset or annoyed, the vast majority of them will kind of get it and kind of understand. What happens if this is happening further down the line? So this is where supervision is absolutely crucial. You need to be taking this sort of scenario to your supervisor. And if you're strongly feeling that you cannot see your client the following time that you've got them booked in, and you haven't got a supervision session booked in before that, you really do need to be contacting your supervisor and asking for some help and advice in between your supervision sessions. Even if it means you've got to book yourself in for an additional supervision to talk about it, that's 
worth its weight in gold, in my opinion, because you need to be able to explore what it is that's going on, what it is that's stopping you from being able to be with a client. Is it something about competency? Is it something about them that's triggering something in you? And this is where you really need to be having a really honest conversation with yourself and your supervisor about what is going on. And because there might be something else at play that you're just not aware of. Maybe some transference is happening for you. Maybe something is triggering a feeling for you. Maybe you're just feeling like you don't like your client. You know, that happens sometimes too, because we can't be all things to all people. But by taking it to supervision and taking it to somebody that you trust, you're able to say to your supervisor, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm wondering. It is really important that that is tackled, but it needs to be tackled together between the two of you. You work out that way forward, that plan, because you are needing to keep an eye on ethics and morals and client safety has got to be paramount within this, as well as keeping yourself safe as a therapist. If you're struggling emotionally or physically and you need to step back from your work, that is absolutely fine. You need to do that for yourself. And that's difficult for clients. You know, that's really hard for them. But we have an obligation to look after ourselves as well. And I don't mean that you need to do this every time you've got something happen in your life because life is not smooth, as we all know. But if you're dealing with something big and that is impacting your work in some way, then yes, work through that in supervision. And it's very important to work out how you will be able to step back from your counselling work for a while. And the best way to deal with that, to keep your clients safe, is what we don't want is we don't ever want a client to feel abandoned. We don't ever want a client to feel that that is something that they've said, you know, which has left them in a situation where their counsellor no longer wants to work with them. So we need to be very careful about how we handle this. We're, We're dealing with lots of things, including confidentiality and ethics within this. So it's not it's not an easy situation. It's very complex And it's something which needs very, very, very careful handling. But it's important and it's so important to be really honest with yourself and your supervisor. If you're suddenly feeling like you don't want to work with a client anymore because you worry that you've made a mistake, for example, you need to be really honest with your supervisor about that and give them the full picture. Give them the full story because otherwise how can they help you and help get the very best out of this situation? Another question that supervisees often ask me is, well, how do I tell the client? I mean, how do I go about telling them? And if you're telling them in that very beginning session, maybe, maybe in session two, but probably session that very first time you meet them, if you're telling them then be kind and real with them, but be careful with confidentiality. And I I don't think I can say that enough. I've probably said it about a hundred times in this podcast, Be careful. Don't give away anything about somebody else. So that's the first thing. And as I said before, make it so clear. This is not about you. This is not about you. As That's what you need to tell your client. This is something else that's going on here. So that's the first thing. So that's sort of about telling them in a face-to-face setting. What happens if your client goes away, goes home, and you suddenly have a feeling of something that's making you uneasy? and you decide that you don't think you would like to work with them anymore, then what? 
So that's when I would suggest that um, you straight away reach out to your supervisor and you begin to explore this process together. Explore what's going on. Take your time. You know, it might take you the full hour and a half supervision session. Maybe you need to book a little bit extra time with your supervisor or maybe you're reaching out in between the sessions, but you need to have that conversation very as quickly as you can, as quickly as is convenient for the two of you, but most certainly before you see that client again, because you'll need to work out the process in terms of what you're going to do. Now, I say to my supervisees that clearly it's much better to have perhaps a phone conversation with your client rather than send them a text message or an email to let them know that you're not going to be working with them anymore. In some instances, maybe we arranged to meet with our client and talk to them face-to-face about this. But I think at the very least, the phone is a, is a good way in terms of talking to them on the phone. Email and text can so easily be misconstrued. And I'm not saying never do it that way. But to me, it feels like the right thing to do is to have a conversation with them on the phone and be able to explain so that it can't be misconstrued. There'll be lots of imagination going on for your client in this moment. They'll be imagining that perhaps they're not good enough. They'll be imagining that perhaps you don't like them. They'll be imagining that you're just making excuses for why you can't work with them. There may be lots of their own self-esteem issues at play here. So it's about recognising that there will be a lot of emotion for your client. And I also know there'll be lots of emotion for you. I know that the times when I've needed to do this, I felt extremely guilty and had really strong feelings of guilt, especially if I see the client upset from me telling them. So be kind to yourself and recognise that your feelings are valid and your reasons are valid. And that is what's so important about being very clear in supervision be really honest because your supervisor needs to know every part of this picture so that your decision making is completely valid. And I always think about justification. If we needed to be able to justify the reason that we have done what we've done, could we do that clearly and concisely with another person who is not connected to either you or the client? Could that external party understand what we are talking about and the reasons that we are telling them because that's what's really important justification I am justifying the reason and the decision for not working with this client any longer because I feel I don't have what they need in terms of experience for example or I'm not working with this client anymore because they know somebody that I'm connected to in my own personal life and the boundaries are not clean And it doesn't feel very safe to work in this way for either me or for my client. So it's very, very important to think about how we justify what we have chosen to do. But I think the biggest takeaway from this is probably what I've said all the way through. Supervision all the way. Try not to make these situations occur on your own. Try to have times where you take this as supervision. It's absolutely paramount. And actually, the reality is, is that you shouldn't have this happening too often. If it does happen frequently for you and you're frequently needing to tell clients you can't work with them or you're frequently realising that you know somebody that they know, then you need to actually think about that and consider what might be going on. Maybe your advertising needs to change. 
maybe you're taking um, referrals on kind of knowingly from other clients, recommendations, I guess, rather than referrals, sorry, recommendations. Maybe you're doing that and actually that's causing some of these boundary issues for you. Maybe you are working with people that are really, really poorly and they're beyond your competency and perhaps you need a little bit of extra training, for example. So there's so much that we can do. So if this is happening frequently for you, you need to be looking at why that is. But on the whole, you probably won't have this happen too often. I don't know if I'm going to put a number on it, maybe once a year, maybe twice a year, something like that, depending on how busy you are. But it's certainly not something that would be happening monthly, in my opinion. You know, less than a handful of times a year, it may happen. And the thing to remember is that you are doing the very best for yourself and for your client. And the most important thing is that you're both looked after within this. So keep one eye on these situations. Don't allow them to escalate into fester but let the client know this is not their fault. This is not about them. This is not anything to do with them in many respects. It's about perhaps you as a counsellor or your process or somebody else that you know or are working with. I hope this makes sense. I feel like I've covered everything that I had on my list to talk about really today. It can be really scary, right, when these types of situations happen. And people can feel really, really terrible about it. Counsellors can feel so guilty. But just know that you're doing the right thing. If you've got a huge seed of doubt or a huge elephant in the room, then just know that your client deserves to go to somebody that is going to give them what they need and allow them a clean space, a clean boundary to work in where they're not feeling censored, where they can be completely honest and open. Because after all, That's what counselling is all about. Thank you so much for spending that time with me today. I do hope that you found this to be helpful. As per normal, really, if you would like to leave me a a five-star review on perhaps on Apple Podcasts, maybe, that would be great, please do. And if you have any questions or any ideas for future episodes, please get in touch. Sending you hugs and best wishes. Take care. Bye-bye.